Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today in wonderful sunny Jamaica with the one and only Sergeant Wallace. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is great to see you and what an opportunity, my word. So we bumped into each other on the road whilst Chris and I were having a fantastic adventure driving to Christiana and you kindly stopped and assisted us on our way. And then since then we've become friends here in Jamaica. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so honestly, it's such a, such a joy and such a privilege to be able to you know, have you on the podcast, Sergeant. I really appreciate it. And um, you're a busy man. You've a lot going on. And here we are. So thank you. Destiny brought us together. I think so. Yes. I think so. Yeah, definitely. So I think we've got some things in common. I think we've got lots of differences as well that we're going to talk about because yes. life in Jamaica is very different to, to life in the UK. And we are both Geminis. And we, we found out we are both Geminis with right. our birthdays six days apart. Amazing. So it's meant to be. It absolutely was meant to be. So I know how, how crazy you can be and you know how crazy I can That's be. That's right. And we're in the same age group. Exactly. And we are both 50 this year. Oh, grand 50 this year. Wow. <laughs> it's an achievement I've been looking forward to. Oh. Oh my, I'm excited. Excellent. And even doubly excited to, to have met you and to, to realize that we're both Geminis and we're in the same age group. I know. And at 50, we're looking like 16. Absolutely. <laughs> you say all the right things. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're going to have a really interesting conversation because we're going to talk all about what is it like to be a police sergeant here in Jamaica, how you got there, some of the challenges, why you love the job and all of the great things in between. We'll talk about tourism, I think, on the island as well, because that's such an important part. But before we do any of that, can we learn a little bit about Sergeant Wallace, your journey, where life started for you, and then we're just going to dig in from there. Beautiful. Well, my name is, I was registered Wayne Anthony Wallace. Uh, I was born on, this, on the 18th of June, 1972, at the Southern Lamar Public General Hospital in Westmoreland, which is about an hour away from here in St. James. I was born to the late Cynthia Harvey, and Edward George Wallace in Salvemar. They passed away six years ago oh. this year. I attended the Salvemar Primary School, Salvemar Infant School, and the Salvemar Secondary School, which was renamed the Godfrey Stewart High School after its founding principal. And uh, I was a member of the school board at age 17, and I recommended on behalf of the Past Students Association for the school to be renamed in his honor, and it was achieved. I grew up in what we would call the ghetto, 
in a one room, one apartment, bored old house. Wow. With my mom, my my siblings, and um, we were happy. Our, our mom ensured that we were comfortable. We were we were we were um, grateful. Taught us how to be grateful for even the simplest of things. Then I I after school I worked in tourism. I started working in tourism when I was 17 years old in 1989, which was at Hedonism 2 in oh. the grill. Hedonism! <laughs> oh, yes. I never knew that was oh, the yes. Oh, my. <laughs> and um, well, I worked there for, for 15 years. No, for 10 years. I'm jumping the gun. I worked there for 10 years in front office. I was a bellhop first. Then I, I, I cross-trained. And then I went to be a telephone operator. And then I crossed train again and I became a receptionist. And I enjoyed it. Because um, when the guests return, they always say, we return because of your hospitality. Mm. And then after I left Hedonism to, I got married in 1999 and I moved over to Sandals, where I learned to exceed my customers' expectation by giving them more than what they expect of me. Mm. But whilst I was going to school, in the back of my brain, my dream was always to become a police officer. As a matter of fact, when I was going to primary school, on my exercise book, I would write my name with the police first title, Constable. So I would write my name as Constable Wayne Wallace. And my friends would jeer me, laugh me to scorn, you can't be a police officer. But I still held on to my dream, Constable Wayne Wallace. So I would join the police suit club where um, in 1988, I became the, the police suit club social development commission's boy of the year for Westmoreland. Amazing. And then I, I started making friends with the police officers. I would go there. They would have to groom me. They have to mold me because in the, in, in the back of my mind, I was a police officer. I left school. I was not qualified to become a police, so I went into tourism. And then I sent myself back to school to upgrade myself to become a police officer. So the first time I went to do the police exam, I was 16 years old. And I went to the Summit Police Station right here in, in St. James. And the police officers laughed me to scorn and said, you're too young. Go back home and finish grow. And I went home and I grew. I made like my, my third attempt, I dressed like a police officer. I had my long sleeve white shirt, my car pants, and my tie to match and a briefcase. And I walked into the building to do the examination. And when I walked into the building, there were over a hundred persons there waiting to do the exam. And when I entered the building, everybody stood up and said, good morning, inspector. <laughs> I said to them, I stopped with my briefcase and I said, good morning. <laughs> I went to do the exam and I failed it miserably. When I failed it, they said, I thought you were a police officer. I said, well, you said I was a police, so I just answered you. And I didn't allow that to stop me. My briefcase, I was praying that my briefcase or my Apache case did not fall open because there was nothing inside there. It was an empty suitcase I carried to the interview, but I believe in branding. 
Yeah. And I said, well, if I want to be a distinguished police officer, I have to brand myself. So I brand myself as an inspector and I went in. But I failed. So I realized that my weakness, and in life, you have to acknowledge your, weakness, your weak points and work on it. So I realized that mathematics was my weakest point. I kept failing. So I paid a teacher to teach me how to do maths, mathematics. And then I, the, the, the fourth time I went to do the exam. And I said, well, I said, well, Wayne, it's either you swim or you drown in the water. And I said to myself, I will not die. I will not drown. I am going to swim. I was successful. And I said, yes, I finally got it. And then after I passed the examination, I started by faith packing my stuff to go to training. Because I said, if they call me today to come in tomorrow, I must be ready. And every day I called the recruiting center, checking on my, the status of my application until they were tired of me. But I was not tired of calling them because my determination was to become a police officer. I finally got the call to go into training. So I got the call at the Friday to go in the Sunday. I was ready. I just resigned from the Half Moon Hotel and I went home, told my mom that I was going to training. My bag was packed and I went off to training school. And that was it. Went to training and I told myself that I will not fail because in my mind, it's my dream. Graduated. So I entered the, the, the police academy in 2004. Uh, we, had, we had Hurricane Ivan, which set us back a little. And then by 2005, I graduated. It was like 325 of us graduating that year. And when I put on the ceremonial uniform, it's the, the white tunic with long sleeve and this, this uh, red seam pants that we were in. Mm -hmm. When I put it on, I cried like a baby. Aww. I said, finally, my dream came true. So when I was dispatched to Trelawney, I've been in Trelawney since 2005. I told myself that I want to be an extraordinary police officer. I want to do things that is outside the box, that, they, that, that we are not mandated to do as, as a force. So I remember my training, exceed your customer's expectation. And then and there, whilst I was in tourism, I, I get to realize that Working at Hedonism 2, working at Sandals and working at Half Moon, especially Hedonism 2, because that was my first place of employment. Mm. They were preparing me for today. Yeah. So all the customer service, the good customer service, um, I brought it into tourism, into, into policing, and I realized that I was on ball in policing. Because the people in Jamaica... They are looking for a police officer who they can go to. And I call it the go-to police. And we as police officers must build a relationship with the people so that they can trust their police and see the police not as their enemy, but as a friend. Mm. And a friend, you can relate things to the friend. And it is my view that in Jamaica we will not effectively fight crime until the people in Jamaica are able to trust their police officers. Mm. I vow, because at training school, 
we took the Bible, held it in the air, and we, we took the oath of office by swearing to, to, to be true to the people in Jamaica. That means you may not be from Jamaica, but once you're on this rock, we ought to be true to you. And so from then, my dream just went off and I'm excited about it. I, I had a passion for policing, so now I am experiencing the joy of my life. So in about 2007, 2008, I was granted the opportunity to take up a scholarship at the University, University of the West Indies, Mona, that's in Kingston, to study social work. Oh. oh, it was the greatest time of my life because going to university in Jamaica, you have to have money. Yeah. You have to have the subjects. And I never had the subjects to enter the university, much more the money. So when the Jamaica Constabulary Force and the Ministry of National Security sponsored me to go to the university, I was so excited. And I was so excited that when, my, when I answered my telephone, I didn't say hello. I said, university student, tell me I'll help you. <laughs> and I wrote my first book on, on, on poverty in Jamaica. And I graduated as a valedictorian for the class. Wow. And then by 2009, I got my first promotion to the second rank, which would be corporal. So we would have two stripes here for the corporal. And that came as a surprise, but it was a lovely Christmas gift. I was promoted. And then in 2015, I was promoted again to the rank of a sergeant. Uh, this is the, and this is the stripe. So I'm looking forward now to be promoted to the rank of an inspector. In my mind, I am, I am already an inspector. I'm just waiting on my lovely commission of police to just give me this change of uniform and wear the khaki suit. But uh, in policing, I love to impact people's lives, their lives. Um, I believe that the police in Jamaica, we are empowered with the power to change your life, either in a positive way or a negative way. Mm -hmm. I vowed to myself and to God to change your life in a positive way. And whenever I walk the streets, I have seen where, as a police officer, I'm able to change their lives in a positive way, just by simply have um, saying uh, good morning, um, how are you doing? Give them a smile, give them a listening ear, and, and to be there for the people, help to solve their problems. That's what they want. And I do it with great passion. Well, meeting you, <laughs> meeting you uh, and, and Chris, it was, it, it was a delight, you know, because in Jamaica, we say we are to entertain strangers, lest we entertain an angel unaware. So you being the stranger, you were my angel. Yeah. I had to take care of you. So from observation, I realized that you were visitors to the country. And you wanted to go somewhere, but you weren't sure where to go. So I was on my way to a careers day at one of our high schools. I was running a bit late, but I was never too busy to attend to you. 
And when I realized that you wanted to go to Manchester, I was a bit concerned because the road is, 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 <laughs> is windy and all of that. But I realized that you were brave. You were not only brave, but you were brilliant. <laughs> and so I said, these people are going places. But I prayed for both of you, for that you have journeyed mercies. And when I checked back on you a few hours after, I was happy to know that you returned safe. And that was my greatest joy. When I, when I met you and assisted you, I felt like I won the, the lottery. No. Because you left being happy. And that's what the police ought to do, to make our customers be pleased, happy. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's such a joy. And what I love your story. There's so much in this. My God, we could be here for hours having a conversation, couldn't we? But you're absolutely right. When we, when we were fortunate enough to cross paths with you, we were on our way to Christiana. Wow. Um, to actually, because Chris's family are originally from Christiana. So we were going to find Chris's grandparents and the graves. So it was quite an emotional day for us, made even more emotional by the winding road. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but you had yes. warned us in advance, so we were we knew we were in safe hands. But you know, I mean, your passion and your energy, it just and the it just exudes from you, genuinely, it does. And sometimes you meet people in life and you just immediately click. There's a connection. Yes. And and that's certainly how how Chris and I felt. And then when we returned to the hotel and had this lovely message from you, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to ask Sergeant Wallace if he will come on the podcast. <laughs> and then here we are. So, you know, I think sometimes things happen for a reason. You know, I told my superintendent, uh, Superintendent Carlos Russell, who's in charge of the Trilano Division, I told him about our experience and he was excited about it. Fantastic. He was excited about it. One of the passion, one of the passion that I have in this Jamaica Constabulary Force is that I have worked all the, all the superintendents of police that I have ever worked with. They always empower me to be greater. Mm. Whenever I speak to them, if I have an idea and I share it with them, when I leave their office, I, f I feel like I was, I was like the commissioner of police or I was in charge of the division because, the, because of the empowerment that they give to me and they support the ideas and the work that we do. The department that I'm in charge of is called the Community Safety and Security Branch. So we are the face of the, of the, of, of the police force. Mm. Um, we deal with, we, we effect arrest if we have to, but our, our, we try to prevent persons being arrested. So we do proactive policing. And my superintendents and my colleagues here in Trelawney and in the entire Jamaica, mm. they give the support. And the commissioner of police that we have now, now in Jamaica, he's also a fan of community-based policing. So he makes my job easy by supporting the work of the community safety and security branches island-wide. Mm. So he would be disappointed if, I, if he learned that I pass you on the street without assisting you, he would be happy to know that I stopped and assisted you. And it's not only for visitors, because we believe that we should give every person the same level of treatment. So it should be one level playing field. Mm. 
So if you're a billionaire and 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 the other person is a is is a is a poor person, we should not treat you better and treat him less. Mm. We should treat each person equal because all men are equal. Okay. And that's what we do in this Jamaica Constabulary Force. Yeah, well, honestly, your, your energy is, is infectious. It's infectious. And um, I want to just go back a little bit, if I may, Sergeant, to when you were growing up and that certainty that you had that this was your path. You were going to be a police officer and on all of the subsequent promotions that you've had and expanding your responsibility. But where did that certainty come from, do you think? My mother, she grew seven children and she ensured that all of us were given a spiritual up up upliftment. So we had to go to church every Sunday. As a matter of fact, we would have to go to two churches every Sunday. So at 7 a.m., we were in the Anglican church. By 9, we were out. We went home for breakfast. By 9.30, we'd be in the, in the Pentecostal church of the Apostolic church, the noisy, noisy church where you clap and you speak in tongues and you're all over the place and you say hallelujah. We had to be there for Sunday school and we would stay there until 4 p.m. in the evening when it is dismissed. And then I learned that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we also learned that faith is a substance of things hoped for. It is also the evidence of things not seen. Mm. So I, I, I exercise my faith and work on my dream and the dream became reality. So you, you have to believe in yourself mm. that you can do it. And I've had hurdles. I've had people in my life who try to intimidate me and I call those the hurdles. But I was not focused on the hurdles. I was focused on the dream. And the dream was to wear this beautiful cap. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. And, and Jamaica is such a vibrant country. Um, you know, the culture is very strong. Yes. Um, tourism is a big part of, of, um, of the economy as well as what it contributes, you know, um, to the overall, I guess, well-being of the country, really, and the people in Jamaica. How have you seen the interaction between tourism and local people in Jamaica? Because sometimes I think there's great harmony, you know, because it's creating jobs and opportunities for people. But maybe sometimes there is a difference between the locals and the visitors. How, how, how have you seen that sort of evolve and change over time as tourism has grown and become a bigger part of the, of the country? Well, the, the Jamaican population, we're a loving set of people. Yes. Uh, we will see you for the first time and we relate to you as if we knew you from birth. And so the, 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 the relationship between our tourists and us it is like a family. So every visitor that comes to Jamaica, the moment you touch our soil or you're on the plane, you're gonna feel like you are home. Uh, we have a culture in Jamaica where if you come to our home, our parents would let you sleep on the bed and we sleep on the floor. We would have reserved sheets, utensils and so forth that we take out for only visitors 
or when we have Christmas time. Mm. So over the years, the relationship between our visitors and us is always on a family setting. We're most hostile with our own Jamaicans, mm. but we're never hostile when it comes on to our visitors. Our visitors must always feel like they are home away from home. And we've seen the results because tourists keep coming back to Jamaica yeah. because of how we treat them, you know? And it is our passion and we intend to, to, to keep it that way and to, to always improve on it. So the Jamaica Tourist Board, on, on, on a timely basis, always try to, to, to create the atmosphere for us to be trained and be retrained and we do a refresher course in, in, in our customer service, um, in our training, our hospitality, um, delivery, and so forth. So we're always training mm. to, to be better at our craft. Mm. Because whenever you come to Jamaica, you must feel at home. Absolutely. And, and your background in tourism, actually, you know, is, is very useful, isn't it? Because yes. you know, like you say, what you learn, you know, in that front desk and dealing with customers face to face has stayed with you in your profession. But also with the responsibilities that you have, you, you serve both the tourists and the local people. And I think that understanding you have of both sides is, is probably quite unique, actually. Because once you're on the soil of Jamaica, you are our responsibility. Mm. And our job as a police officers is to make you safe and to make you feel safe. Yeah. So once you're around your police, once you're around the citizens, we're going to make you feel at home. Yeah. Well, we're feeling the love. <laughs> we're feeling the reggae love. We have a song in Jamaica. We say we do it for the love. We don't do it for the likes. Yes. Fantastic. And, you know, I mean, obviously you will have had challenges in because hmm. every role has challenges. Exactly, every every country has challenges. What What are some of the more difficult things that you have to deal with um, in your role, do you think, Sergeant? Um, the most difficult time in my police life is to experience someone being killed mm. and to see the family members mourning, it breaks my heart. Mm. Um, the, the, the carnages on the road, the speeding on the road and the fatalities that we have on the road. Um, when you see these crashes and the deaths, it, it pains your heart. Because I hate to see people in pain. Mm. I hate to see people crying. And um, many times I go on these scenes, we have to be brave. We want to cry with them, but we have to learn how to swallow the tears and be strong for them. And it's like holding your breath. And when you depart from their company, you, you let it out. And many times our officers, when we, when we see these things happening, we have to hold it in. But when we are by ourselves, we cry, mm. you know, because people are in pain. Uh, we don't like to see children or, or elderly persons being hurt. And whenever these things happen, it, 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 it really touched the core of your being. Mm. Um, I try my best with my team to to be spiritually connected. So we have pastors, we have our chaplaincy unit in the Jamaica Constabulary Force where we can go to them to be refreshed. 
So after dealing with all of these things, you have to have an avenue where you let it out, mm. you know. And so we call in our pastors, we go to church, and we, we pray for people. We pray for ourselves too. We let it down. But I hate to see people in pain. Yeah, no, it must be very, very difficult. And and with with along the lines of that topic, how do you how do you keep yourself in a position so that you can deal with the emotions, have some separation, but at the same time you're a human being, right? You know, and it must be very difficult to not take the job home and to let it totally, you know, control you. Yes, from time to time, I always ask God to to give me a, to give me the balance, you know. So you have to realize that when you go home, for me personally, when I go home, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a neighbor. So we have we our period of time we learn how to separate them. It's never easy. Mm. It's never easy. Um, sometimes when I talk to my kids, I have to say to myself, "Remember, you're a dad now. You're the police officer. Yeah. You know." <laughs> And so I have to, we have to try to, to, to brace ourselves to balance work away from home, mm. you know, and with the help of God, we're able to, 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 to do it. Not everybody is able to, you know, and, and recreation is very important. And um, in, my, in my department, I would take my staff out for we go for lunch, or we would share lunch in the office, but we find time to recreate. And back home, I'm just coming off six months vacation. Mm-hmm. I've been on vacation since last October, 2021. I, I returned. When I, when I met you, it was, my, it was my third day back on the job. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so um, I use those times to, to to have recreation with my, with my children and my mm. wife and, and to balance it, you know. But it's difficult. Mm. You, have to, you have to work at it. It's, it. it's a work in progress. And we have to learn. We, over a period of time, we learn how to separate them. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you're at home and they chip in, the police chip in at you. Mm. But you have to realize, I said, hey, I'm not at work. Yeah. You know. And, and get the thing going and make them feel at home and so forth. Yeah. And, and you're a big family man, you know. You, we were chatting before we, we started recording the podcast and you've got a lovely wife and two daughters. So you're surrounded by beautiful women in your life. I'm the only man in my house. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I'm the king in the house. And at times I feel like they are trying to overthrow me with, with, their, with their woman power. I love woman power, you know. <laughs> And, and um, so I look at it and I smile and say, these women are trying to overpower me, you know? <laughs> I'm in their world. But I, I, I enjoy being around them. Yeah. I enjoy being around them. And there are some men, I don't know if it is like that in, in, in London, but you have some men in the world who have a problem with, with women being in charge. It's true, yeah. My first manager at Hedonism 2 was a woman. I never had a challenge with a woman being my boss. Mm. I love to see women take charge. Yeah. A woman's place is not only in the kitchen or in the bedroom. Very true. A woman's place is in society. You know? And I love to see women drive big trucks. I love to see women operating 
the cameras, doing the podcast. I love to see women take charge. Mm. You know, behind every successful woman is always a good man. Absolutely. Listen, I can I can vouch for that. I'm very lucky with my Chris. He's a, yeah. he's a massive... He's amazing. He's a big support. He's my biggest yes. fan. He's also my biggest critic sometimes, may I say, but that's good, you know, because you need someone to keep you true uh, and honest, you know, that's especially right. if you're... We were talking earlier about us both being Geminis and being quite flamboyant and we like the limelight, we show off, yes. we love the sound of we our We love voice, to shine. Absolutely. <laughs> Which can sometimes be, for a partner... Uh, you know, it can sometimes too be too much. You, need, too some, much, you yes. need someone sometimes to say, whoa, calm down. Yes. This is not all about you. <laughs> um, so it was funny, actually, as we were talking about your beautiful uh, family, and I'm one of three daughters. So my dad, God rest his soul, he was also surrounded by women, and he used to call us the Knicker Brigade <laughs> when we were growing up. So, yeah, I've got a lot of empathy for your position. But um, So talking about women, in, in as you were saying about opportunities for women and women in business, society, family life, etc., um, is the police force in Jamaica a good career choice for women? Is, is there quite a, a, a good balance of gender in the police or is it more predominantly male um, policemen here in Jamaica? Um, it's, 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 it's mostly male, right? But we, we, we try to empower our, our, our women within the Jamaica Constabulary Force. Mm. So we have had, we have had um, females who reached to the rank of a deputy commissioner of police, um, um, assistant commissioner of police, mm. um, inspector. We have a woman um, be, being in charge of, of, of traffic, uh, riding the bikes, you know. So we, we, we push our women to, to take charge. Mm. And um, I know the women have bowels of compassion, bowels of mercy. So we, so we have women who are in the highest or the second highest position. We, we, we are not, we have not been blessed as yet to have uh, a woman commissioner of police, but it is my dream. I love to see a female commissioner of police in Jamaica. And um, I hope it will happen one day, you know? But we empower women to, to take stand and to take charge. Yeah. We have women superintendents of police who, who take charge of the different of the different divisions here in Jamaica, and they're doing well, mm. you know. That's great. And to hear. we as men, we 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 try and our best to support them. Mm. No, know? it's it's great to hear because because also I think sometimes it's about being aware of career choices. So I know you do a lot with you know in the schools and with the with the young people yes. as much around helping them see. Uh, a path for themselves, whether they're regardless of, of male or female. But I think also to actually be there saying, you know, joining the police could be a good option for you, whether you're a girl or a boy, when they're quite young, because, you know, at that age, you're quite vulnerable and maybe, you know, influenced by things that are going on. So I think to be able so, to showcase... So what we do in, in, in the Jamaica Constabulary Force is that we have the Big Brother and the Big Sister Programme. Right. Where, where, and we also have school resource officers, we call them the SROs, that are assigned to schools. So we try our best not to discriminate against anyone. Um, if there's a need for a child to go to school, to get lunch money, um, to buy a, um, some, a uniform or textbooks, we, we, we do it. 
and, and, and we do it out of our own pocket to take care of them. Mm. Because investing in them is to make them be a better person. I, case in point, uh, there is, when I just came to, to Trelawney to work in 2005, there was one student um, going to primary school and he had a handicap, but he was brilliant. And myself and a female officer, we encouraged him. So when he passed his common entrance at the time to go to high school, we bought him his first textbook. Mm. Years passed, he became head boy. He migrated to England where he's doing his doctorate now. And he sent a message to his mom that he wanted to find me. Mm. So I gave him his, um, gave the mom my number. And I, you can see my English accent is coming up now. <laughs> and he called me and he said, hi, dad. I said, oh my God, I have a son. I didn't know. <laughs> and when he told me that he was doing his doctorate in law, I said, I'm proud of you. And he said, thanks to you. I said, what did I do? And he reminded me that myself and woman Constable Arscott would have bought in his first textbook. I was taken to tears. Mm. I never remember. I never remember that what we did. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, whenever you come to London, you have a home. And these are the things that keep me the push to be a better police officer. Mm. It, 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 and even if the salary is not good, what matters to me as a police officer is when I go on the streets, and I see someone that my work as a police officer was able to impact their lives positively and to change them yeah. in a positive way. So putting on this uniform, going out there and, and, and doing your work, you're to do it in, in such a professional way that you don't really have to talk to the other person to change. The way you operate, the way you, you treat them, must compel them to change. Mm. It must compel them to want to be like you, to want to come into this organization and be that person. And I've seen it happen. Mm. And I think you're absolutely right because role models are so important. Good role models because role we models. have several role models. We have the negative role models and we have yeah. the positive role models. Mm. The police officer ought to be the positive role model or use because majority of these youngsters they do not have a, a good male role model mm. um, there is no male in the home just the, the, the mother and so they're, they're, they're looking for somebody who they can look up to positively mm. to guide them in the right way Yeah. when I was a boy growing up the police officer was that role model the boy giving problem, the girl giving problem. We say, I'm going to take you down to the station to, 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 to Mr. Mr. Sergeant. Because of the respect they have for the police, they would, they would put the, 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 the um, what do you say? In Jamaica, we say handle. Mm. They would put your, your gender title on your work title and say Mr. Sergeant because of the respect. Mm. Well, you don't have to say Mr. Sergeant, you just say Sergeant or Corporal. Mm. But once the parents say, I'm taking you to the station or the precinct, to the Sergeant or to the police, then this, the, the, the child will make a turn for better mm. because of the respect. Yeah. Um, that's where I want to take back the Jamaica Constabulary Force, mm. where 
the police officer is looked upon as the big brother, the big sister, yeah. the good role model. So when they see the police, when you're doing wrong, you ought to stop. Mm. How how are you received in the community in general? Because obviously I've um, I did my research and I've had a few conversations with people before we were doing we were doing this and uh, I had lots of really positive feedback about wow. you as a as an individual Thank of course, which is a delight to hear and quite a relief as well. <laughs> 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 but um, no, on, on a serious note, but when you go into communities, um, it's great that a lot of people will see you in a positive light. But I'm sure that's not always the case. Um, so, so what's the balance, do you think, around, around the image of the police, the brand of the police? You talked about branding earlier um, here in Jamaica. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it more positive or are there more negative aspects to it or somewhere in between? There are, there are some fractions in Jamaica that do not trust the police officers. Mm. And I said earlier on that if we're able to fight crime effectively, the people have to trust us. Yeah. And so when my team and I, because I can't do it by myself. Yeah, of course. We have a team that we work with, the superintendent, the inspectors, the sergeants, corporates, and the constables. We, 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 we call the lower ranks the foot soldiers. Mm. We have to do it together and work as a team. So when you go into the community and you are professional, when you speak to them with respect, when you do not, um, when you do not look down on anyone, you will gain their respect. Mm. And that is what I realize when you go there, you say good morning. And if you see a child doing something wrong, you reprimand them, but you do not disrespect them. Mm. You treat them as if they are your child. And you, 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 you show them the right from wrong, mm. then they will turn around and respect you because I can't be a police officer and disrespect you and expect you to show me the respect. Respect and love goes where it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. So the care how bad you are, we're not, not to discriminate against you. Mm. Yeah? So we're going to treat you with the respect. And I found out that when I walked through the communities, people would gravitate to me because they know that I'm not going to shun them. I'm going to listen. Mm. I believe that God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we ought to listen twice as much as how we speak. And there's an art in listening. And there are people out there in the community that need somebody who will listen to them. Mm. Not to preach to them, but to listen to them. And, 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 and when you listen to them, then they, 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 they feel and they know that you care. And that's what they're crying out for. Yeah. They need that go-to police officer. And do you think the fact that your, your personal background, your family life when you were growing up, and you, you described it as growing up in the ghetto, but with a family full of love and you know, a, a really wonderful family around you, but nonetheless, in a, in a, in a, a society that you weren't born into, um, you know, an affluent position in That's life, right. Right. you came from the bottom up and you've worked hard to get to where you are. Do you think the fact that you... Can you have that background allows you to empathize with, with the everyday person that you deal it, with? It, it helps. Yeah. As, um, as an individual, 
you, you, you should remember where you're coming from. 100%. And once you appreciate where you're coming from, then you will be able to, to, to make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. And I always look back at where I'm coming from, where I'm at now, and measure it. And I'll, it, it allows me to appreciate where I'm at today. Mm. For example, the day I met you and Chris, I was going to the Cedric Titus High School for their careers day. That was my first major duty since I returned from my vacation. And whilst we were there, we did a presentation on the recruiting process of the Jamaica Constabulary Force. I was speaking to the children and I was telling them, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can make it. And I told them that I grew up in a one apartment board house that when we were growing up at nights, my mom had to use the newspaper and put it in the holes so that the, the air, the night air didn't come in and get us sick. Mm. We, had, we had outside toilets, outside bathroom. So even if rain and it's muddy on the outside, we had to go there to relieve ourselves. And I said to them, I'm not ashamed of where I'm coming from. I am here now. Mm. And I spoke about a particular student of mine at primary school level. That when I was, when I was able to, to, to buy the poor man lunch, I couldn't buy the expensive lunch. We would have something we called Nutribon and Milk that was organized by, by the late, our late um, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister, the most honorable Edward Siaga. Of the he was from the Jamaica Labour Party at the time, but he ensured that we we had lunch, um, Nutribon and milk. Mm. We were given breakfast at school. We were given free uniform at school, both males and female. We would get um, food items to take back home. But there was this particular student. We moved from primary to secondary school, and whilst he was going to school, he was working. So he came to school with a lot of money. And instead of squandering the money, he would buy lunch for us. And because of him, we would not eat the poor man's lunch. We eat rice and peas and chicken and so forth. And while speaking about him, he appeared in the auditorium. No. Because he, dr he drive for the Jamaica Library Service. And the Jamaica Library Service was there on the Curry's Day. Wow. And when I saw him, appeared. I called him up and I said, this is the man I've been speaking about. I am because he was, he, because of him. I am what I am today because of him, because he helped to feed me. And I said to them, I tell, I told the, the, the persons at the cafeteria at my station, and if I am not here and this man come here and he want anything and he doesn't have the money, give it to him on my bill. Because when I never had it, even though we were peers, mm. he made it possible for me. Amazing. And so this is the, the, these are the things that I remember growing up, struggles, yeah. allow me to appreciate the good times now. Mm. And there's so much wisdom in what you say. And Sergeant. what we try to do now is to remember where we're coming from, remember the people who have been good to you. So when you meet up on somebody in your working area who is experiencing the, 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 the same that you experienced, you must be able to return the favor to them. Mm.
because someone helped you. Someone helped me. Yeah. So it is now my turn to help others. Yeah, to give back. I love it. Yeah. I love my job. I enjoy my job. Uh, my superintendent said to me, Wallace, you have to, you have to remember to take a day off. You know, <laughs> sometimes I don't remember that I, I, I haven't taken a day off because the people need me there, mm. you know, and I want to be there. Yeah. You know, I love it. There's so much in what you say because, you know, whether we're talking about police work or we're talking about business or whatever field someone was in, someone is in, if you love what you do, you never really work a day. People ask me if I like my job and I said, no. And I said, why? So why are you staying so long? I said, I don't like it. I love it. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you have the opportunity to change people's life. When I am in this uniform... If I'm speaking to you on the highway and I'm gesticulating, the motorists are going to stop because they believe that I'm stopping them. And when I go into the middle of the road and I do like this, that is power. That's authority. Mm. Why should I abuse that authority? Use it to make people's lives better. Yeah, absolutely. That's my mantra. No, and, and you live and breathe it. So it's so clear to see. Because, you see, we have a policy in the Jamaica Constabulary Force that we must treat people with respect. So for you, it is Miss or Mrs. And if we know your name, it is Mrs. Linfoot. Linfoot, right? Yes. If we don't know your name, it's either Sir or Ma'am. But we must address you with your title. Because in giving you the respect, we'll get it back. Absolutely. So if we go into a hostile situation, if we go on a demonstration, or we go on a crime scene and people are hostile with us, the way we, the way we treat them will allow them to turn around. And sometimes, you know, we go on, this, on, the, on, on, on a duty and people are really mad at the police. And even though we're trying to, to do community-based policing and we're trying to to, to treat them in a nice way, they will still be aggressive with us. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you must return the aggression. We must always put our feet in other people's shoes and feel what they are going through. At the end of the day, they will come to realization and say, hey, I was really mean to that person. We must never be mean to people. No, and lead by example, right? Lead by example. Always. Yes, people look up to the police. And there are certain things that the police officer should not do. Because we are the law. We are the authority. People are looking up to us, for example. And the commission of police that we have today is steering us into, the right, into that direction. By having a force for good. We have a tagline that is called a force for good. And his mantra is our mantra to make the Jamaica Constabulary Force a force for good. I love that. Yes. That's fantastic. And you have had British police over here, haven't you? We were chatting earlier. Because yes. we can learn a lot from each yes, other, you know. Yes. And, and this podcast, um, you know, I love cultural diversity. I've done business all over the world myself, and I, I always learn something new. And I think we can learn a lot from each other and from other countries and different nationalities. So you have had British police over here, haven't yes, you? Yes, we have had... Um, 
we have had several British police officers from mm. Scotland Yard. Mm. Uh, we had we have had um, John McLean, who was in charge of the Community Safety and Security Section, and under his leadership, we'd have gotten motor vehicles and so forth. You'd have gotten to make life better for mm. us to work. And then we also had Mark Shields. Uh, Mark Shields is still in Jamaica. Um, he found love in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, he married one of our finest journalists in Jamaica, who is from my parish, Westmoreland. Yeah. Uh, uh, Emily Crooks. Okay. And he made her his wife. And she's now Mrs. Emily Shields. She hosts... Um, our, our call-in program on one of our national radio stations. Um, so he's still here in Jamaica. He is a consultant in the security field and so forth, and he's doing well. But um, they have done their time, and they would have taught us good good ideals to make the Jamaica Constabulary Force a force for good. And um, we have learned from their experiences. Mm. And we are who we are today because of their contribution. Yes. But they're still around and from time to time they would have had seminars with us and so forth. Fantastic. And yes. we were saying actually Chris's cousin, Den Baxter, she is a detective in um, in the Met Police. Yes. In London, in Scotland Yard. So I will have to introduce you to Denise. I am I am looking forward to meeting <laughs> with her because some of the things that I want to discuss with her is how to how to um, improve and enhance community-based policing because mm. I know it's this high in your country and the neighborhood watch movement because right now we are thinking um, of how we can rebrand the neighborhood watch in Jamaica mm. um, how we can rebrand our police clubs um, domestic violence and so forth because even uh, at the end of this week we will be at a, at a seminar at one of the hotels um, working on how to deal with domestic violence here in Jamaica mm. and how to, to, to deal with it because mm. realize that um, domestic violence can lead to murder. Many yes. the, most of the deaths that we have is through mm. domestic violence and domestic disputes. People don't know how to talk about things. They fight it out. Mm. And we want to let them know that you can talk it out. Yeah. We have different areas, departments in the JCF and our stakeholders that we call in to help us to deal with these domestic disputes and domestic violence. Mm. So from time to time, we have seminars and so forth. So I'm looking forward to meeting her um, so we can share best practices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? As I, I, I believe that if, if, if there's something going on good in, in London and it, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is able to Make Jamaica a better place. Why not? Why not um, copy it? Absolutely, you know? it's all about who you so know. So I'm looking forward to meeting her <laughs> and tell her whenever she comes to Jamaica, I will be here as her police officer. Fantastic! She'll be delighted to meet you. Yes. I know she will. She's quite a character. And when you were talking about domestic violence, um, is that the top crime in Jamaica? What What are the sort of the top crimes that you face you're faced with on a regular basis? Would you say um, top crimes that we face with in Jamaica is is um, murders. Okay. Lots of scamming lead yeah. to murder and so forth. And we're having a big challenge with those. Mm. Lots of scamming. Because uh, a lot of scammer 
will 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 use the the um, ill-gotten gain to buy a gun, and when you have a gun, you have power. Mm. So you will think that he has power and use it in a negative way, and then it leads to murders in Jamaica. Domestic disputes also lead to murders. Mm. So once once we get a report on domestic dispute, we nip it in the bud. Yeah. So my section, the section that I lead, we are, and and in 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 Jamaica, the Jamaica Constabulary Force, we have we have fourteen parishes and. Wherever there's a police station, there's someone who is responsible for domestic violence and domestic disputes. Right. And once we get the report, we have to deal with it. Mm. We have to give a report to our superintendent every week on it. And then he moves on to the commissioner of police and then to the minister of national security. So we take it very serious and we nip it in the bud to try to prevent. Because as I told you earlier on, we practice proactive policing, mm. not reactive policing. And if we nip it in the bud from early, then we can prevent a murder from happening. We can prevent a family from being torn apart. Yeah. So we do we, we do we do marital counseling. If 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 your love life is 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 going down, mm. we know who to call to help you to yeah. rebuild it. Yeah. So we have every department in the Jamaica Constabulary Force to help you. If you want to get married, we have our chaplaincy unit. If you want to be counseled, we have a chaplaincy unit. Any, any department. And then our stakeholders, we can call any one of them to come in and help with whatever situation. Amazing. Yeah. So, so, we, are, so we are a rounded constabulary force. You're a full service operation. Full service and a force <laughs> for good. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. Fantastic. Well, I've got a few last questions, if I may, because we could talk all night. <laughs> I mean, and I'm enjoying this. And so when you're having fun, time, time, slip time by. flies. Yes. Time if you flies. Notice, if you notice, we don't have a clock inside here. So why not? We're free spirits. Yes. We're free spirits. Yes. So, you know, when you look back through your career, um, and, and actually not just your career, but your whole life, 50 years nearly, of wow. um, coming up in June, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've ever been given, you've received yourself, that has stayed with you for a long time or has really made an impact for you? The best advice I have had in my 50 years is to be true to myself. To thine own self be true. And I walk with it as, a, as another mantra. And to remind oneself that integrity is doing the right things when no one is watching you. That's very important. Very important. Amazing. I love that. And can you think of any advice that maybe you had that wasn't, didn't go so well, or that you had advice that you ignored and you were very glad that you had ignored the, the advice that was given? Uh, the advice that I, I was given was that I would not turn out to be anything good. And I got that advice from someone who was very, very dear to me very, very close to me. And when he gave me that advice that I would not turn out to be anything good, I, I was very disappointed. I was a kid at the time, went mm. to school. I was very, very angry, 
disappointed, mad. But I used it to build my bridge so that I could walk in it. He could walk in it and others could walk in it. So I used the negative into mm. positive and I worked extra hard to prove to the individual that he was wrong. And he lived to see that he was wrong. And I forgave him. And I, 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 and I gave him praises for it. Because had he not said that to me, I would not have the, had the push to go and do better and to make good use of my life. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that he did that because it helped me today. Gosh, powerful. Really powerful. So my last question, as you know, this podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Yes. What Brave, does... Bold, Brilliant. Yes. So what does that mean to you, Sergeant Wallace? To be brave, to be bold, to be a police officer in today's Jamaica, you have to be brave. You have to be bold. There are many times that we, we leave our home and we say, goodbye to our families and in our mind we will think that this is the last goodbye you go out to exercise your duties as a police officer you're not sure if you will return home alive I think that's brave when you hear that there's a gun there's a gun, gun firing down there everybody's running from the gun we have to run to the gun Mm. That's been brave and brilliant. Yeah? And when a colleague um, is hit by a bullet and succumb, they, we, 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 we feel it as colleagues because you'd have paid the ultimate sacrifice for your country. That's been brave. That's been bold. Been brilliant is is when you go out there and you, you, you satisfy your customer's ex expectation of you as a police officer. And when your customer come back to say, I am grateful, thank you, you made my day, you made my life better. I see it as being brilliant. And I am happy for the opportunity to be named among the brave, the bold, and the brilliant officers in this Jamaican Constabulary Force. Love it. Oh, fantastic. I love that. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. It really has. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. So I think we should have a drink and a toast. <laughs> There's a song in Jamaica said, Let's drink to the hardworking people. <laughs> Let's drink to the salt of the earth. Let's have this drink to you, to Chris, and to all the hardworking police officers, not only in Jamaica, but in the world. Let's drink to that. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you too. I am, I am honored to be to be doing this interview with you. I'm honored to be in your presence. And, and this has allowed me to be even more humble. 
And um, because if you're humble, God will stay with you. If you take it up in pride, he'll move away from you. And I'm humbled by this experience. I don't know if you see too well, but I, I'm excited about it. And I will say thanks to you and Chris for the opportunity. And um, thanks to, to the Iberia Star Hotel for hosting us here this evening. It is absolutely, absolutely a pleasure. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you so much, nice Sergeant Wallace. You've been an absolute delight. Thank you. Bless I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.